the Commons, a podcast featuring researchers, innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, and community builders who are improving the human condition in your own backyard and around the globe. I'm your host, Tom Osha. I'm Tom Osha, and welcome to The Commons, coming to you again from Salt Lake City 2021, the International Conference of the Association of University Research Parks. Joining me today is Jim Curry, who is the operations lead for the 1819 Innovation Hub, which is located within the Cincinnati Innovation District. Jim, welcome to The Commons. Hello, Tom. Thanks for having me. How about those Bearcats? It's an amazing story. It's it's way fun. Uh, certainly has the university jazzed and everyone around it. Um, it's very much a local program. Uh, it, it, one of the surprising and pleasant things about it is the the coach has, ever since moving in, has focused on Cincinnati and regional talent, and it's served him really well. And so it just makes for a great story. It's what? also sort of fun knowing that he came from Ohio State, and, <laughs> and in many ways, it this way is challenging Ohio State. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often is Ohio State not the number one team in Ohio? Uh, precisely. So it, it is great, and it's bringing added attention to Cincinnati and mm-hmm. added attention to the university, where you're already starting to get some very interesting attention for things like the 1819 Innovation Hub. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure. A few years ago, you know, every institution you know, looks at what where it sits in the world and what its future needs to look at. Uh, and Cincinnati, um, with change of administration and forward-looking, um, has committed itself to really kind of three legs of a stool. Uh, one of them is, is pushing innovation. One is uh, basically serving the local community. And uh, the other is equity. Uh, the pushing innovation ties directly, well, actually, they all tie into what is becoming the Cincinnati Innovation District. Um, the universe was able to make a step towards the larger project and being integrated with uh, industry and more opportunities for students and faculty by taking advantage of a building that they already owned. The 1819 Innovation Hub is what it's called. Great old building. Cool. It's a Sears building. It was built in 29. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I have to really compliment the architect to design for it is they stopped just where they should. Uh, cleared it out, created some nice open spaces, lots of glass, a mix of use, and in a way that mix of use mirrors what we'd like to see as the district continues to develop and expand. So... It's interesting because I, I think when you took me through there, oh, it's been a, a year and a half ago or so, as I walk through an innovation hub, I'm seeing names like Kroger and Procter and & Gamble and, and, and banks and, and big companies. So talk about how their presence has really been a catalyst for what you're doing. Sure. Well, one of the places we started... It's really the vision of our leader, David Adams, who's the chief innovation officer. Uh, the president of the university, uh, Dr. Pinto, brought David to us uh, and really comes from industry as much as anything. And David's vision is about accelerating the pace of service from the university to companies and focusing on talent, talent delivery and acceleration, um, but also on the community and starting with who do you have in your regional community that you need to serve and keep? Uh, so they continue to grow, make the, health, the the area healthy. So that's why we have companies like Kroger, Fifth Third Bank, Cincinnati Insurance, uh, Cincinnati Bell Telephone, others, as well as a few smaller firms. We are quite active now in sort of pre-acceleration and accelerator. That's an area we're moving into. 
But there already was the Hamilton County Development Center, a few others um, that we're trying to tie together. But the, the link on the corporate end is really their ability to connect and ex- execute early and for our ability to do that. One of the things that, that has intrigued me at Cincinnati that I've not seen it everywhere is by starting when they've talked, when we talk to someone like, and actually it did start with Kroger, um, when David went in to speak to Kroger and he loves to tell the story, is that he asked the CEO of Kroger, what can we do for you? And the, the, the Steve was quite remarkable. He was a little flabbergasted because he says, usually I don't get that question. I usually get the sales job. Of, yeah, right, right. What can you do for me? Yeah, yeah. exactly. In, interesting. So it, so it has really been a, a, an opportunity to coalesce around the talent that's coming out of the University so. of Cincinnati. Is that what drew Microsoft to relationship with you? I would think so. I think also the, the demonstration of just, um, I mean, Microsoft is... Microsoft, uh, and it can go where it wants to and, and not. Um, but by not being, but basically not being heavily involved in the mess, was sort of like, why would we come there? Uh, and once I had a chance to see what was happening, and especially now during the pandemic, I think we've done a fairly extraordinary job. Of course, you don't know whatever everybody else is doing, but in terms of a lot of the online, the virtual, and combining virtual with actual, so as they've seen the kind of service being brought in, I would say the talent development, what really attracted them is talent development, is both what's being done in terms of our connection with students. And uh, Cincinnati has a very robust co-op program, so that they fit together really well. But also what we're doing in terms of early talent development, there's a couple different programs that have just started to bring folks from the community, folks who are either looking to make a, a career change or do not have technical skills. Microsoft was very attracted to being able to be a part in, in, in those programs. Are, are these people who don't have a traditional four-year degree that are They're, coming to you? Most of those people uh, in those programs have no degree. Some of them may not have high school. So that it's interesting. So when I think about the the, the university, when I think about its proximity to you know the, the, the academic medical center, and I think about that ecosystem, probably 35% of those jobs don't require the traditional four-year degree. And so as, as you look at the innovation districts that will have impact are ones that do what you're doing, look and say, who's not participating and how can I create a pathway for them? It's, it's a great point. It's a nice segue. When the university looked at doing it, they really, I think, looked at it for how what they needed for their future. And it started with this 1819 thing. Uh, but then they looked at the area and the partners that were involved who were supportive of what was going on in 1819 actually became much more integrated into our thinking. And that's really the evolution from 1819 and what was going to be in an innovation corridor or corner to the Cincinnati Innovation District. Uh, Cincinnati Children's Hospital, the University Health, uh, the, even the zoo were right there. And uh, Cincinnati uh, Children's Hospital is an active partner. So, 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 talk about the the innovation district now. Is this is this going to be a connector between the anchors that you've mentioned? Precisely, I, I think you know if you look at the world today, and you know this as well as, as anyone, um, that when you speak of a district, the main distinction in my mind is you're looking in an area that may not have um, you know, single control. So you're involving different partners, different owners, and basically trying to build in in, in essence an innovation community but the, to build the, the connections between them, the synergies that you can develop, um, the partnerships, and that's precisely where we're at. Because this is a very early effort. The 1819 opened in the fall of uh, 2018, 
and then with the pandemic. So in a way, it's really only two, three years old. Um, the first other building in the district is going up now, and it's actually a fairly a good example of kind of what next steps we'll need to be in terms of looking at those partnerships. So talk a little bit about that next building. I think it's called the Digital Futures Building. Correct. And um, well, I mentioned just a, a moment ago, sort of an innovation corridor that's being talked about. So 1819 is adjacent to Interstate 70, uh, 71. They built a new exchange there some years ago, which cat really catalyzed the possibility for this. So the four corners of the exchange were, were thought of as, okay, this is our little innovation district. It's expanded past there. But either way, on one of those four corners today, so land was assembled. There's the Uptown, in, uh, Uptown Consortium that the university is a part of with the three-area house of medical centers and the zoo. They've assembled land in the area. So the consortium owns the land. A private developer will build the building, and the university has leased back roughly 80% of that first building. There will be a second building as well that's just coming out of the ground, but the first building is about 180,000 square feet uh, scheduled for occupancy in June of this coming year. You have the 1819 Hub, right, which is bringing a, a lot of companies and their innovation together. You've got Digital Futures, which is bringing tech. You've got a premier children's hospital and the UC Health and the UC Academic Medical Center really coming together. So it's an interesting blending, if you will, mm -hmm. of life sciences, engineering, and technology. Yeah. There's an interesting sort of seedbed program. One of the things that I come from, all of this from incubation years and years ago, so I'm always interested in, in kind of the feeder system you're building. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in what we're doing here in Cincinnati because of kind of that corporate environment. Like you're saying, you don't necessarily just start there and think that that's necessarily innovation. Um, you know, so as we kind of merge those two, it's really interesting. But um, on the seedbed, and one of the places that I think we're providing an opportunity for the institution you're talking about to kind of come together in a different way is we have a pre-accelerator program. I call it a pre-pre-pre-shark tank. Okay. It's really just a little eight-week thing that's really intended for people to test their own thinking in their idea, surrounded by talent and mentors. Uh, that'll take you through basically it's a couple hours a week and plus all the time you want from the, the uh, EIRs and uh, mentors that are around. Um, then at the end of the eight weeks, the whole idea is you're just presenting how your thoughts about your idea, product, concept, whatever, has evolved and what do you think the next steps would be. And that could be to shut down, to continue to come back to it later, but it's also then to kind of set the table for people to join you if they wish. The university has managed to bring funds together that there's an automatic $5,000 available to anyone that goes through that if you're faculty, staff, or students. There's also funds for other folks who aren't, but they come on different terms. But there's no pitch for any of that. After that, you begin to pitch. But that has begun to draw folks in who are really just curious about what this whole thing is about, who may be docs, who may be staff. We've uh, okay. seen some uh, folks from the nursing school. Uh, we've seen some staff members come through, as right. well as, of course, the university itself and the community. It's an open program. In interesting. So uh, let's stick with the community for a moment, because I would think to be able to do this really takes a lot of trust, right? A number of communities are often distrustful of large institutions, hospitals, and, and universities. So what has it taken to gain the trust of those communities adjacent to you? Well, I think where we are, are fortunate enough in... To be honest, I'm not as, as well acquainted there as I could be, but the Uptown Consortium that I already mentioned had been in operation for a number of years, and it has done a bunch to revitalize retail and housing in the area. So I think in that process, they've helped serve the community and develop some trust there. By working with them, we inherited a little of that. 
also fortunately our development project so far uh, there's been no displacement so being able to come in and do something that kind of brings resources or assets to the neighborhood uh, i think assists and then recently we touched on it with uh, microsoft earlier um or, or maybe we didn't but um doing programs that are starting to basically provide upskilling in the community that we've been involved in the university in helping to imagine and create some programs for that that are entirely pre-baccalaureate. Is the university looking at stack certificate or stack credentialed programs? It is in the mix. And so absolutely, it is not necessarily the criteria for participate, but to basically provide the opportunity. So tell me, Jim, what kinds of, uh, of academic programs are you, are you using for the community and for others? Probably not the traditional four-year program. Well, precisely. Um, actually, it's been very interesting to me, especially being involved in this industry, if you will, um, for as long as I have, is in a way we've started outside the university bridging in. Okay. Uh, and recently, but we recognized that, you know, we really wanted to be fully integrated and as well and as richly developed as possible. Um, uh, Scott Page had joined us just recently. We brought him, uh, we're fortunate to bring him from uh, Oregon State, where he had been developing basically all sorts of partnering and stack credential programs and like inside the university. Um, we brought him here, and, and, and he's explained to me, and one of the reasons for joining is basically continuing to grow that, but outside and connecting him. So we can begin to bridge those two and expand um, on the opportunities, whether it's stack credentials or independent learning. Um, so we're really kind of at the next stage of growth. As I mentioned, we're, we're young. We had a small staff. We began with the 1819 building. There's now assisting in the digital futures, looking at what Cincinnati Innovation District is going to be. So we've also brought in a, a contingent of folks who are looking at kind of the whole digital side of this. One of the things Scott and his team have been involved in, he's leads what we call partner success. And I think the term actually says it all. Um, and part of that is, like everyone in the world today, we've gone very virtual with delivering some of our, our, our services. Um, but there's a nice, robust mix. Scott has led that. Um, there is sort of another digital services dimension, the whole media side. We have uh, expanded the operational world to, to move into the innovation district. So in a way... The rest of the story still needs to be written and exactly what happens next, but it's very exciting to be where we are, where we're kind of looking at those opportunities. Now we just need to execute. Yeah, well, it, you've got a great start with 1819. Digital Futures will take you, you know, take you steps beyond that, and as the Cincinnati Innovation District continues to expand, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. It's a tremendous opportunity, and Cincinnati really was one of the larger cities without a definable innovation district. So this has really been a huge contribution to the city of Cincinnati and that part of southwest Ohio. It's an area that I'm still coming to know. I've only been there a few years, but it actually is a great area, and I think there's great opportunity there. Well, as we're coming up on the end of our time, I'll ask you the question I've been asking everybody. Tell me something that would surprise me to know about you. Every year in February, I go to northern Wisconsin and play hockey outside with a bunch of friends that I've known since grade school. That is awesome. That is one of the biggest outdoor hockey tournaments in, in, the, in the world. I'm very familiar <laughs> with it. And uh, that, is, that is tremendous. What a great, what a great time. Thanks. So. All right. Well, Jim, thank you so much. My, my guest today has been Jim Curry. He is the operations director of the 1819 Innovation Hub at the University of Cincinnati, a part of the Cincinnati Innovation District. This has been The Commons at AURP 2021. I'm Tom Osho. The Commons is a production of Wexford Science and Technology, LLC. 
Views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests. To view additional material about today's episode, submit questions or story ideas, or learn more about Wexford Science and Technology, please visit www.wexfordscitech.com forward slash the commons. I'm your host, Tom Osha. Thanks for listening.